Five. I want to welcome everybody to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And oh, what a world it is. And uh, I want to welcome the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers. We'll follow all our loyal, I want to thank all our loyal listeners, all our loyal followers, and say thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, and we also want to say God bless America and God bless Israel. A hundred. And, uh, billion curses on people who like to kill innocent people and a billion and, curses on those who like to defend those yes who like a billion to, curses on those who like to defend murderers and especially people who trade upon positions in which they are supposedly armored in justice to act extremely unjustly especially yes 100 percent well said especially people like the un and the question ben is well you know you're much younger than I am. I remember Barry Goldwater. I know you there. said this quote to me, and I was going to name this show tonight, but I couldn't find the quote. But please say what he said. Get the U.S. out of the U.N. and the U.N. out of the U.S. Okay, that's... Barry Goldwater said over and over and over. Was I was looking for it unusual. all over, and I could not find it. Uh, and and I'm not. Are you familiar at all this morning with? And by the way, both of us are a little under the weather, so we're going to keep the show a little short and see how long we could go. Just a heads up. But mm -hmm. uh, are you familiar with the comments made this uh, this morning by the head of the UN? Well, I'm familiar enough to be nauseated by them, but uh, I'm afraid that's the story of the UN. The UN has always been a disgrace to mankind, and Barry Goldwater died a long time ago, and. Uh, uh, he was totally right. And uh, I mean, what was the response to him from Republicans, especially when he said that? Many, many agreed with him. I mean, he, you know, it wasn't coincidence that he got the Republican nomination by a law. I mean, not only did he get him, get him in 64, but he got it by a law. He was, he was very well loved in the Republican Party. And, and uh, I lived at that time in Silver Spring, Maryland. And uh, and um, sir, don't move that, don't move that, don't move that. And and he was uh, there was a big giant billboard on a Colesville Road, and it said in and there's blue background, white lettering, and it said, "In your heart, you know he's right." And I think uh, as time has passed, and lots of time, we know he was right. I mean, he said uh, he said the UN was just a bunch of cranky, troublemaking communists, and. Uh, that uh, was never, they, would ne they were never going to like us. They were always going to be jealous of us and hate us. And he was right. I mean, uh, yeah, he was right. I, I, and I've had the great honor of speaking to the Goldwater Foundation at least once, maybe twice. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, Barry Goldwater was right on a lot of, a lot of counts. Were you in his camp when he first started? Well, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't old enough to vote. So there you are. So <laughs> I, I was... Uh, I was not in anybody's camp. Uh, the people, the man who was my uh, uh, idol, I would say, when I was a child, there was a fellow named David Skull, uh, who was uh, not the one who's my age, but the one who's uh, his father's age, died very tragically too young. And uh, he uh, he was not a fan of Goldwater, but uh, I was. And uh, I don't remember whether I was a fan of Goldwater or Rockefeller or... There was a guy named uh, Scranton, who was governor of Pennsylvania. I think I liked him, but I think I, when I when I saw Goldwater on TV, I liked him the best. 
Okay. I was just curious because I always, uh, he, he was uh, not taken, he was sort of uh, browbeaten by uh, a big majority of the Republican Party. And it seems like everybody in there, and I want to get into Ben's new book tonight because I've been reading it and it's absolutely brilliant. Well, God bless you. No, no, it's absolutely brilliant. And it's called The Peacemaker, Nixon, the, Nixon, the man, president, and my friend. And it's absolutely brilliant. And it seems, and, and it really seems like those that have are courageous in the Republican Party with a more a moral backbone are annihilated by by the rest of the party. By you said sometimes, the, yeah, sometimes. I mean, Nixon. Other than got Reagan, the, got, Nixon got the. Uh, Reagan got got the majority, and by like, no, no. But I'm out. saying Nixon, they they abandoned him. That was my point. They did abandon him. Uh, that was shocking, and uh, I can assure you, as a man working at the White House in those days, uh, we were very, very unhappy at the response of the Republicans in Congress to our need for help. But uh, they were not a particularly impressive group. No, well, well said. But what do you think that is? It's just they didn't come from the right place. But I thought Barry Goldwater did come from somewhat money, or but it was a great it was deal like, of money, but, great, great it, deal of money, and very interesting background. He was uh, part Jewish, although I think his ancestors had converted sometime before, and uh, he was from Arizona at a time when Arizona was very, very Republican, and uh, he came to be considered a friend of the segregationists. It wasn't, but the Democrats managed to uh, tar him as being a segregationist, which he was not. He was actually running against a real segregationist, really, really, really impressive segregationist named, of course, George Wallace. And uh, George Wallace was the real segregationist in the race, and he outdrew Barry Goldwater among really hardcore segregationists. But uh, Barry Goldwater was in favor of a strongly armed U.S., that was not going to be kicked around by the United Nations or by Russia or by uh, anybody. And uh, unfortunately, he did uh, he did drink a bit. And uh, But of course, we don't hold that against people. We want them to change and stop drinking, but we don't hold that against them. And uh, he, he had awfully good ideas. Some amazingly good ideas, uh, ideas which were obviously abandoned nixon didn't abandon them trump didn't abandon them but they were as really uh he was a what's the word i'm looking for he was a trailblazer he, he was, was a trailblazer a, and uh and the media at that time if you think the media is solidly anti-republican now it was a hundred times more anti-republican uh in 1964 when barry goldwater ran and uh goldwater also made a very serious mistake he invited onto his ticket a guy who was a total non-entity a man named i think i think his name was walker whose only qualification he was a representative in congress from upstate new york i believe his only qualification was as as goldwater said he drove uh, he drove lbj crazy so lbj the, most of you will not remember lbj was lyndon baines johnson there you are. And I, I put the link for you guys for Ben's new book. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Don't you show uh, the cover? I'd like to see the cover. It, it'll, it'll be a little hard for me to show the cover through my screen because it doesn't always show, but I put the link in there. Okay, well, go ahead. It shows. It's good enough. And uh, well, thank you. 
And uh, there you are, the peacemaker, Nixon, the man, the president, and my friend. And, An amazing uh, man, and a man who really had the score about um, these uh, these people in the United Nations. And he would, when I was with him at a uh, dinner party shortly after I moved to uh, Los Angeles, it was Julie Nixon's birthday, and uh, Julie Nixon Eisner, perhaps the finest woman in the world, except for my wife. Uh, and uh, he went down for my benefit, I think, the list of uh, big name people in the third world at the UN. And he would, after each one, he would say, a goddamn headhunter, goddamn cannibal. I mean, it was just fantastic. He, had, he, he wasn't afraid of being politically incorrect. Yeah, this is what I love. About, I mean, it, it, you know, the people that don't know, Ben's, Ben's met, I want to say, 10 presidents. And uh, obviously, well, let's see. I met, for, we've got a we've very done the small list. child. I met Truman, very, very, very small child at the Easter egg roll at the, uh, behind the White House. I met Eisenhower a couple of times because my father knew him. Uh, I met um, Johnson. I don't think I ever met uh, uh, JFK. I met Johnson in a very interesting way. I was dating a girl named Susan Fowler, a very, very nice, extremely smart, funny girl, who's a student at a college called, uh, I think, Sarah Lawrence, uh, in a town called Bronxville above New York, north of, let's say New York, north of New York. And uh, she invited me to a party at the White House. Her, her father was Secretary of the Treasury, and he had been head of Goldman Sachs. And uh, uh, at the party, uh, the party was in honor of the princess, uh, the crown princess of Denmark, who was visiting uh, her, I guess her family was visiting the White House. And I got to dance with the princess of crown princess of Denmark. And down to the uh, East Room where the party was being held came President Johnson. And uh, he just, just shook hands with us all. And I said to him, I remember very well, it was a short conversation. I said, I know you're a hell of a quandary about vietnam i said uh, i wish you well but boy you have a tough road to hoe and uh, he patted me on the back and said thank you ben and how he knew my name i have no idea i guess i guess i told him my name i still but you know what can i say something you know how many people tell people those names and the fact that he remembered you know how many people he met that night even just i know i know but i think but, but he but he was lbj and he's a yeah. hell of a politician Okay, so that's three. Well, we no, no, wait, 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 we're nowhere near the end. And oh. then I'm nowhere near the end. And then, of course, the one who came after LBJ was Richard Nixon, whom I met a great many times, a great, great, great many times. That's four. And the one who came after that was uh, 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 Gerald Ford, whom I had the great pleasure of meeting many times. Five. And many, many times. I used to sit in on his cabinet meetings. Uh, and then let's see, after that. Was, Did you meet uh, Carter? No, God. Okay, so you met Reagan. Thank God. Uh, I met Reagan. I had great, great, great admiration for Reagan. Met Bush. Uh, Bush many times. In fact, I have a wonderful picture in my uh, dining room, in my kitchen of me and uh, the Bushes. And then I had, let's see, who who came after then? Clinton. Uh, I think I met Clinton when he was visiting Yale Law School, visiting Hillary. I was a year ahead of him at Yale Law School, and I was a year ahead of her. And uh, then, uh, let's see, who came after that? You uh, never met Bush. Obama. Uh, I never met Obama. Oh, and, no, no, you met Bush. Sorry. So that's I nine. I met the second Bush. I met Bush, the second nine. Bush. 
and then uh, and then you threatened to true su- true uh, sue Trump. So that's ten. You spoke to him on the phone. I spoke to him on the phone a couple okay. of times, and that's, he threatened to sue me for libel. So there and, you are. Uh, so that, yeah, that's, ten president. That, that's, ten, that's ten presidents. That's ten. That's ten. presidents. So and 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 it's it was great, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun being in Washington. I loved it in those days. I had a very good time. I was very very sad when uh, Nixon left unbelievably sad especially because my wifey the world's finest being was uh not a nixon fan uh, we were at the time divorced but uh the girl i was going with at the time was a huge nixon fan her name was pat kane and uh she has refused to speak to me or in any way communicate with me uh, despite the fact that my parents saved her life on many occasions I almost cost her her life on occasion. So I guess that's that's a whole other story for itself. Yeah. And that's, that, that, that's for another book. Um, But uh, John from Kenosha's wrote Jim Rogers. uh, Is it Jim Rogers uh, wrote a positive review from your book? Uh, Jim Rogers, the the very successful speculator. Uh, Who's Jim Rogers, um, John from Kenosha that you're referring to? uh if you could let us know that would be very helpful uh because it could be any jim rogers there's quite a few jim rogers i would imagine in the uh united states of america but it doesn't matter who likes you we like it we like we it. like we jim like rogers it was, a, it was a jim rogers who i was on uh cavuto with for no many, he's dead he's dead and that was wayne rogers no and, god no that one oh god you're here so that's a totally different totally different i didn't think there was a jim rogers on Kavuda. jim rogers was like, yes wayne rogers was not on our show he was on another he was on david asman after he was on uh this guy that i was on with jim rogers was terribly smart and extremely smart and very very pleasant uh so that's who it is he said it's a big time investor so i guess it is jim rogers very very nice guy so john from from kenosha i expect to see a good review from you uh uh, very very smart guy very very pleasant down to earth and he had an interesting southern accent rare to meet successful stock market players who are southerners but i'm pretty sure he was from alabama but i could i may be wrong but either way, it's, it, it really is an amazing book. But I, I want to get to a few things. Uh, uh, first, of course, uh, I want to get to uh, the, uh, the, the, the the propaganda machine. I've never seen it. Uh, the Associated Press told their reporters to stop calling them terrorists. Oh, you're kidding. No. No, no, no. They can, please, please. No, I'm not. Why, what are they? Uh, that's in a good word for them. Murderers and butchers would be a better word. But that's not what they want them called. Uh, do you want, want me what to... do they want them called? Uh, hold on. I will find the... Uh, uh, um, uh, let me see if I can find the story. I know I, I know. I have it somewhat. Um, well, it's disgusting. Yes, uh, but either way, the AP has decided to take it down and sort of put the narrative. That was the point of what they were trying to uh, uh, were were trying to convey is that the, shifting the narrative of wow. Um, wow. of wow. so that's that's murder. Murder is murder. Okay, so I'll tell you. AP reporters tells not to call Hamas terrorists. The Associated Press, the world's largest news agency, gives guidelines to reporters on what terms not to use in the Hamas-Israel war. The Associated Press, the world's largest news agency, issued a writing guiding reporters covering the war against Israel, in which the writers were instructed not to refer to Hamas as terrorists. 
the guide states the terms terrorism and terrorists have been politicized and oh, often, politicized that's wonderful and are, that's fucking wonderful and are often and are often implied inconsistently because these terms can be used to label such a wide variety of actions and events and because the debate surrounding them is so intense detailing the events is more accurate and serves the audience better of course they wouldn't do they don't do that either of course <laughs> right you you took away the one thing they actually might have it might yeah. do and uh well, what a world and what a world and and what incredible an incredible uh well, well let's back up a little bit i mean the associated press has reporters from newspapers all around the world so they probably have reporters from uh newspapers in muslim countries and probably in a lot of Muslim countries, so maybe that's why they did it. But I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's disgraceful. No, and then uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre had to backwalk what she said yesterday. She was. Uh, they were asking her again about the rise of uh, the the fear of the rise of anti-Semitism, and um, her response was. I heard her, I heard her response. It was yeah. fabulous. Yeah, she said, "Problem, not just anti-Semitism." but anti-Islam, Islamophobia, <laughs> they're crazy. Nobody's doing terrorism against Islam against Islamic uh, terrorists. I mean, yes, Israel is little by little taking down all the buildings in Gaza City. That's not the same as capturing a whole bunch of innocent civilians, taking them off, raping them to death, cutting them up into little pieces and uh, doing it while they're still alive. I mean, this is just some of the most atrocious butchery like mankind has ever seen. Uh, probably worse than uh, people keep saying they're animals. Animals are not as bad as that. Animals kill when they're hungry. Yeah, you're completely right. Uh, uh, I, I keep on saying the same thing. And I love that her response today was she misheard the question. I know that's such a great response. That's such a perfect Democrat Party response. Well, it's the Joe Biden response too. Is I I, I miss I, I misheard the question. Well, what part of it did you miss here? Would you? Mm-hmm. Is it, it was that the part of the intersectionality uh, thing that you missed? Was the Jewish anti-Semitism part of it? And apparently so. And uh, but Ben, this is the this is times. And remember, I'm sure I'm sure this happened with Nixon too. When they would, when you know, and Trump obviously had this. When they would always criticize his words as maybe leading us to the on the eve of destruction, when their words did nothing but have peace. Right, right, and right. And, and and I remember every time they said a word, or I mean, I'm saying at least in Trump's case, I don't know about Nixon's case. Oh my God, this is going to cause this and this and this to happen. Well, in Nixon's case, it ended segregation, saved Israel, Eretz Israel's life. It, uh, it it did a whole slew of other things. Open relations with China, which, while it had some bad consequences, caused Russia, USSR, to uh, lose the Cold War and caused us to be able to have uh, long-term disarmament treaties, which, of course, the Russians have now violated over and over again. But uh, Nixon was the ultimate peacemaker, and he was a very kind man. And uh, give you, tell you something he did that... Um, you, I know, of course, anyone who works for Nixon would know about it, but when there was one of the giant student demonstrations against the war in Vietnam, and by the way, I don't blame those people. That was a terrible war, but Nixon didn't start it. He'd finished it, but he didn't start it. But anyway, he went down to the Lincoln Memorial 
and stood with a whole bunch of students who were demonstrating against the war and talked to them in a friendly and not condescending or angry way. And uh, even a number of students who were there wrote later about how amazed they were and how Nixon, the real Nixon, was so utterly different from the Nixon portrayed in the media. Uh, and well said. And uh, recently, uh, Julie Eisenhower shared with me that experience. Uh, well, her friend shared that experience when they were at a Yankee game and uh, Nixon didn't have Secret Service. He had an off-duty policeman mm -hmm. and uh, the limo from the from the Yankee game. And either the limo, they weren't plush by that type of people. They had a lot of people. And Nixon sat in the front seat. Yeah. And uh, that people would were just, be just like him. People just were just like waving him. at him. And he was just waving back as he was driving by without any Secret Service, uh, uh, humble, uh, humble as all can be. And uh, it, it's sort of a... And I would I would wonder, like, he we know what he would do at this moment. And Ben, we've been attacked. Our country's been attacked in Iraq. Our bases have been attacked 13 times in the past two weeks. 13 times in the past two weeks they've been attacked. At what? By Hamas or, or Iran. It's not, not clear whether it's Hamas or Iran. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. They're all being sponsored by Iran or, or Russia or China. or, or They're all being, it, it's all the same group at this point, Ben. And uh, we've been attacked and we've done nothing. And I, I, I keep on thinking. Well, I'm not we, sure that we've done nothing. I, I, we I didn't fire we, back. I think Israel fired Israel back. fired back at the targets. Right. America, that's part of the problem, Ben. And uh, and it's it's it, they're U.S. bases. They're not Israeli that's a bases. Very good point, Judah. That's a totally right point. That's a very good and, point. And and and, and it's why like, didn't we fire back? That's uh, well, I, I guess you, well, they probably misheard the question. <laughs> what was that coming in? Is that a bomb or was, was that an, uh, an old, old or an imam or an imam or an imam? Was yeah, it a bomb yeah. or an imam? And yeah. uh, they, they, they they decided, and it's it's just sort of, I I'm, I really feel, and you know the story about we could all, and I keep on bringing this up. We've made a lot of mistakes. That's putting it mildly with foreign diplomacy in the last sixty years. Uh, just because you make mistakes, you could learn from them, and I brought this up, but it doesn't mean you 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 just sit on in the in the corner. You have to at some time, at some point, say we've made mistakes. We hopefully have learned from them, those mistakes, but you cannot allow Iran, if they don't already have one, to have a nuclear weapon. If they have a nuclear weapon, it's garnished. It's the end because uh, I think they'll uh, they will credibly threaten Israel, and Israel will turn the whole country into a glass parking lot. And they should. And then uh, we'll see some action from other friends of Iran. And uh, there'll be a very horrible end to mankind, which may, and it may, it may be that it's time for man. Maybe it may be that it's time for mankind to come to an end. I mean, I keep thinking, can't you understand we're on the eve of destruction? Yes, you just said the words a few minutes ago. Yes, I think uh, we are, man, mankind has shown uh, ourselves to be a pretty disgusting creature. Well, I'll, I'll freak you out with this next thing. A majority of Americans aged 18 to 24 say Hamas massacre of Israeli civilians is justified. Wait a minute. Where did you get that? 
uh, quite a few polls showing that a majority of those aged uh, 18 to 24 Hamas massacre, uh, and that was when it was 1,200. Um, uh, so only 40% said the massacre was not justified. The news is not only much better among those aged 25 to 34, only a slim majority of 52% said the massacre of the innocent civilians was unjustified. 35 to 44, 39% said it was justified. 45 to 54, 23%, and 55 to 64, 11%. Uh, 64. Uh, must, this is a, of all political parties. This, uh, this is the lot, the Democrat. I'm getting oh, See, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. The Democrats are cranks and lunatics. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say anything good about their ability to understand what's going on in the world or, or what is a moral uh, decision. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're wicked people. They didn't used to be wicked people, but they, they have been wicked people now for some time. And uh, it's really unfortunate that they play such a large role in the world because they are wicked people. No, it's it, 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 they are extremely wicked people. And I, I for the life of me, Ben, I cannot understand, and I still can't wrap my head around it, when, how, I mean, we've discussed this, but how the hell did this happen? Well, I mean, I can tell you how it happened. Yeah, please. Uh, if I, I can make a stab at, like I'm not saying I'll be right. I, I'm often wrong. That's the nature of human beings. That they're often wrong, and I'm often wrong. Uh, the uh, somehow, thanks to the uh, evil in, in, inclination of the media, the Republicans were tarred as being racist and segregationist, and uh, the uh, Democrats were. Uh, described as being the friends of the black man and the friends of women. Now this, uh, this leads me into something so horrifying that I can hardly bring myself to say it, but the stories that are coming out about the rape and mutilation and utter, utter torment and torture of women by the Islamic terrorists are like nothing I've ever seen before. I would say this is the only time in, in my lifetime but I've even heard of people so evil that they make the Schutzstaffel or the Gestapo or the Sturmabteilung or the NKVD seem like Boy Scouts. These people are evil. And it's really interesting to me. These people hate women. But I mean, they don't just dislike women. They hate, hate, hate women. Why, why, why do women like them? There's something really crazy going on here. That's a great point. And, you know, you know, it's such a fascinating thing you're talking about, because uh, when you not to but you look at all these uh, many of these mass murderers that are on death row or that have been put to prison for uh, killing and raping, whether it's, you know, from Charles Manson to all these people have tons of women lining up, sending them love letters. I know. In, 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 in prison and it's it's uh it's 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 some bizarre it's, it's very upsetting very upsetting and i almost feel like we're living in some bizarro stockholm syndrome uh it's a little more evil than that yeah. but i meant part of the country yeah you're right it is more evil than stockholm syndrome if that's actually a real syndrome uh it, it's um it was just made famous by Patty Hearst, right? It pre her, obviously, because she wasn't in Stockholm, but uh, I think it was made famed by uh, at no, least. It was, made, it, was, it was made famous because there are a number of Islamic terrorists 
who took captives and terror and hostages in, in, in Stockholm, a country which at that time had almost no Islamic people. Now, the idiots that they are, they have invited in large numbers of Islamic people, and they're paying a price for it. They now have the highest rate of rape among Caucasians in the world. Well said. At, if, well, at music festivals, they had to cancel music festivals for those reasons in many of these places. And uh, Barack Obama, of course, uh, uh, always never wa- always wanted to love Israel uh, from deep inside of his heart, uh, came out and essentially blamed Israel for, uh, uh, for, for the events. And they had Martha McCallum or somebody was at, who's a great interviewer on Fox News. She's at, uh, probably one of the best interviewers Fox News has. She was asking a Republican congressman, and I, why did Obama say this? And I wish he would have said, because he's a jackass. And uh, because my friend was like, how could Obama say this? And I was like, why are you giving him so much credit that he's an intellectual? Why do you give this guy credit that he's a free thinker? I mean, this is a person who's 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 a fake of a person made up by all of these people. By the media. This is a person who, when he was asked to write a uh, paper about law when he was in law school, supposedly he was in law school, instead wrote an essay about his memories of his father, whom he never met, or maybe met once to shake hands with him. He did not write a word about law, and law is a serious subject. Uh, but he, it was too much for him and his uh, feeble brain to do it. But but he manages to be a great hero among the Democrats and uh, and among women. I mean, he's not. He, I don't think he's any friend of women. But uh, there you are. The people, uh, sir. The human race is a very uh, puzzling and depressing animal. Well, well, <laughs> extremely well said. Now let's get to your book. It's absolutely brilliant. God bless um, you. It's, it's about it's, me and my love of Nixon, who I think is, I was just telling my wife, I'm married to the finest person in the world. Uh, I will say that uh, most, I'm sure many, many of the husbands watching this feel the same way about their spouses. But uh, my wifey, the world's absolutely most wonderful human being, an absolute goddess, a living, breathing goddess, a goddess, an actual goddess. My wifey, whom I believe is, as I said, a goddess. I was saying to her before I came over here to do the show, she is the finest human being I have ever heard of, except for Nixon, because Nixon was a peacemaker. And as it says in the Bible, peacemakers are walking in the footsteps of God. And I believe Nixon was the ultimate peacemaker. I, but, but I got to say, one of my favorite things in the book is the imagery you paint in it. And uh, is it's people really get this book. I sent the link. You could also get in soft cover or the audio book or the audio book. I really heavily encourage you to, to get this book. And I'm not saying that for book sales. I'm saying that because it, when you read this, my favorite book before this, other than the capitalist code, because I thought the capitalist code was so important because of the lessons in it about, especially the one lesson you taught in that book, which was so important, which was essentially, if you buy a share, you're an owner of a company. Right, and and you have very smart people working for you. And you have very smart people working for you. And I thought that was one of the most brilliant, uh, I think that's one of the most brilliant, uh, and before that was Ludes. And I obviously, I love this view from Santa Boulevard, but I love Ludes for a different reason. And, uh, but this book, you paint this picture of growing up in that time and 
you know, you go to my, the McCarthyism period and you go to, and, and you're just vividly painting these people as humans, very kind, very kind. And, as humans, not the narrative that the media has put on them of being who the media projected themselves onto these same people and the media, the animals, and these people are the human beings. Now, did Joe McCarthy obviously make your six, but read the book. It's like, I love it when you talk about your mom and your dad and your wifey and all these different things and, and the small town. It's it's just a, it's such an amazing thing. And I think people, it, it brings you to a time. It brings you back to a place where it's like really special to be in America. Well, God bless you. We believe me, we, we grew up feeling very, very wonderfully blessed to be Americans. And I still feel that way. I mean, I, I'm blessed beyond words to be an American. And uh, so uh, it's very sad that there are a lot of very stupid young Democrats, but uh, America is the best place in the world to be. And um, yeah, and you got uh, your friend Aram, of course, wrote something. God rest his soul, wrote something beautiful in there. Away, and right after I wrote that about him, he he passed away from a very aggressive form of cancer. And uh, I never know. I've never known a finer person or a smarter person than Aram and the uh, he was just a great, great guy. And John Coyne wrote it. Wrote uh, it John Coyne was, was and is an incredible man. John is still a close friend. And uh, I love John Coyne. I, I don't just like him. I love him. How would you guys, like you and John Coyne and Arm, God rest his soul, look at the speechwriters of today? I'm being honest. Just I, don't think we, I don't think we know them, but uh, I don't think we are great fans of, uh, of Mr. Uh, Biden's speech writer. But Nixon was a very, very good uh, speaker and uh, he had some very smart speech writers. There were one or two who were considerably less smart than others, but we had some very, very smart speech writers, including an amazing man named Pat Buchanan, who was a very, very, very good speech writer. I'm sorry to say I don't think he's a friend of Israel, but I, I don't know for sure. But He's a friend of mine, and he's a wonderfully, very, very gifted speechwriter. It's funny you say that because I was going to say, with the time I got to meet him, he, I, I know, I know his certain things, but things are said about a lot of people. He was very nice to me too, so uh, he he couldn't have been nicer when he signed my book at the Nixon Library. And uh, I encourage everybody to 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 really just buy this book. It's really an amazing book. Uh, I, I, I bless you. And no, 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 I'm not just saying that. It's an amazing book. It really puts you in a place in time. And I think that's what's missing so much from the storytelling of today and in the narrative of today is how special we are. And oh how my and, God, and, are we special? And, and every how, day we get to wake up and draw the air of America is just fantastic. You're 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 a hundred percent completely right. Um and uh, yeah, but anything else you'd like to share? Because I know you might be tired if you want to. I'm keep not going. feeling very well today. I think there's a cold going around here in Los Angeles. Yeah, Lord knows I've had it. it. Yeah, I so I think I'll just say, uh, God bless America. God bless Nixon. And you know, people. Some people say, well, America's not doing enough for Israel. America's the only friend Israel has. So let's be un we Jews be who love Israel, be unbelievably grateful for America the most wonderful place I've ever been. I'll tell you, by the way, um, I, I agree with you 100%. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, John, you're saying you're getting the overnight delivery. And whoever gets the overnight delivery, on the next show, what I'll do, if you guys want, is you each could re read the book a little bit. 
and read an excerpt from it because I'd love to hear it from you. And you don't have to be on, on camera. I could just have your audio. Uh, you could just come on and I could hear you read it if you'd be interested in doing That's that. Kind of you. Because, because there are some amazing excerpts in this book, John. And if you'd like that, uh, email me and uh, I'll set it up in the Zoom that you could read an excerpt from the book because I'd love to hear it. I love hearing that. So on that note, I want to thank you all. God bless you. God bless America. God bless Israel. God bless the American fighting man and woman. God bless every person who serves the United States of America or serves Israel. And God bless their wives and their parents and their children. God bless them all. We are very, very grateful to be here in America. We're not feeling very well tonight, but we are very grateful to be in America. 100%. God bless you all. We'll see everybody, God willing, on Thursday night. Have a great night, everybody. God bless you.